It's our 20th episode of Sin Amazing Chats. I'm Erica, here with Pablo. Hey, hey. And we watched a movie that was too boring to even get a Worst Picture nomination for a Razzie, but it definitely deserved it. Yeah. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom! (laughs) Yep, and uh, we should say that we debated for a while there about whether we should do this one or Lost World because they're both pretty bad. But ultimately, I think this one has a little more uh, interesting stuff going on that we can go into. First weird thing about this is it's the sequel to Jurassic World, um, which means it's the fifth Jurassic Park movie, the first three Jurassic Parks, and then these two, and then this new trilogy. This was directed, uh, sorry, not directed by Colin Trevorrow, but written by him and his writing partner, Derek Connolly. And it was actually directed by uh, J.A. Boyana. And I have to say, uh, I was really looking forward to this one for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, because I thought the first Jurassic World was actually pretty decent. Like, it was entertaining, like a popcorn movie. Uh, not that it was deep or anything. And also, I really loved the movie The Orphanage, uh, which is the Spanish director's first feature film. Then I really hated also that he directed this film called The Impossible, uh, which was that movie about the Indian tsunami. Uh, But then it was all about this white family's experience in the Indian tsunami, and I was like, what? Oh, yeah, I remember that coming out. Supposedly it treats it with respect, and I imagine that's part of the reason why they hired him, since this is partly a disaster movie as well. I thought The Orphanage was Guillermo del Toro. That one was uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro. So uh, he does bring uh, a little bit of more horrific imagery, and uh, there are some pretty memorable images, but it's in service to a story that's pretty asinine and, I don't know, just like dumb compared to first the original Jurassic Park and then even Jurassic World. It doesn't have as much going on. Let's see, they they probably paid Jeff Goldblum a buttload of money to be in this one for like to five minutes. To be in minutes. for like two seconds, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't even say anything. <laughs> to give the most generic worst monologue ever. Yeah, he doesn't even say anything new. Like, all the ideas are basically from the first Jurassic Park. What even is the plot of the first Jurassic Park? So I've seen it a long time ago, but I don't remember, and I haven't seen any of the other movies. Right, I did also want to mention that the first Jurassic Park uh, was a movie that made a big impression on me when I was young. Uh, It's one of the first movies I remembered watching where I was just like, wow, how did they even do any of this? Uh, Since it was one of the first movies with a lot of computer graphics and all that. And it was like the only one that was uh, like based on a Michael Crichton original novel, whereas The Lost World, it was like Michael Crichton had to write a sequel because they were like, let's pay you lots of money so you can make up a plot for a sequel. So in that one, basically, the idea is this rich guy, John Hammond, uh, finds a lot of dinosaur DNA uh, that was preserved in amber. Oh, yes, the amber. And he fuses it with, like, other amphibians and frog DNA and stuff to make, to bioengineer some fake dinosaurs, basically. And he tries to set up a park and gets uh, some paleontologists, and Jeff Goldblum pays, like, a mathematician, like a chaos theory expert. Wait, so what is Jeff Goldblum? He's not the mathematician? No, he is. Uh, He is an expert in chaos theory. So throughout the film, and especially in the book, there's lots of little details about chaos theory, and how just the idea that, um, you know, like Occam's Razor, anything that can happen will happen, like things tend to go wrong. So that's actually why the first book and movie are really compelling, 
because uh, it starts off with just like it's a boring theme park and everyone's like, oh, whatever. And then like chaos just keeps building more and more and dinosaurs just like keep fucking everything up. So I'd say the first movie is actually really good. It's like a classic and it has a lot of really good like character actors in it like Sam Neill and um, Samuel L. Jackson and Wayne Knight who plays the, the villain, Laura Dern. So that one I say uh, still holds up really well, like even now, like uh, even the effects are still really good. And then if you look at that compared to The Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, the effects take a like severe nosedive. So you can see that um, Steven Spielberg and the 3D animators put a lot of care into it. And that was, uh, if you don't know the plot of Jurassic World, that one is like they did the theme park again, like there was another Indian entrepreneur who actually makes the park and it's it starts with the park actually being functional and open and like open to the public so that's kind of cool you just see like the park working but then for some reason they bioengineered a like half t-rex half raptor thing that breaks loose oh is that what the indominus rex was exactly what they kept mentioning oh, so that was okay. what that movie was all about and then chris pratt like trained some velociraptors and uh bryce dallas howard is like the uptight career woman who hates children so there's like some two children in that one too oh gosh well is um jeff goldblum the only actor that uh crossed over into these reboots yeah so far yes um Let's see, they brought back Sam Neill for Jurassic Park 3, but that's probably, like, easily the most forgettable of any of these. And I did also th find it kind of interesting, there was uh, a lot of resonance between this movie and The Lost World. Uh, for example, there's the dome-headed dinosaur, the Pachyosaurus, that uh, keeps, like, slamming into things. And that one was featured prominently in The Lost World, as well as the uh, Compies, those little tiny dinosaurs that run around. Um... And the title itself, Fallen Kingdom, you can see how that's kind of similar to Lost World. I assume Kingdom, they're referring to like a theme park, like Disney is a kingdom. Yeah, I thought of it as like a, the Sea World dilemma of like you have to basically abuse these animals for public entertainment. Right, and that's actually one of the interesting, uh, I guess, thematic arcs in this movie is there is a lot of like verbiage and language that deals with environmental issues for like real animals. That's probably like one of the most interesting things about it. Um, so when the film starts, Bryce Dallas Howard has become like a dinosaur environmentalist, and she's like all about like supporting the dinosaurs that have remained after Jurassic World has been destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we are introduced to a few new characters. There's uh, Justice Smith from the Get Down playing a character named Franklin Webb, who's like a tech guy. Yeah, he's uh, a they bring systems in. analyst. Right. And then there's Zia Rodriguez, who is playing a dinosaur veterinarian who works with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, even though she's never interacted with any dinosaurs. So I don't know how she knows what yeah. she's doing. They never really, they use that as a punchline, but they don't really say, like, I guess the excuse is just dinosaurs are hard to get a hold of. But then, like, what, how would you get into that profession? Right. Oh, and one thing I find really strange about these uh, reboot sequels is... Um, so the first one was directed by Colin Trevorrow, and uh, he co-wrote both this and the sequel. But what's weird about it is his whole career, uh, he kind of just got started because he made that indie film Safety Not Guaranteed with Aubrey Plaza. It's just like this indie uh, film that's the premise is there's this guy who says he's a time traveler and is trying to convince Aubrey Plaza 
to come with him. So throughout the movie, you're like, is this guy crazy or is he a time traveler? It's okay. It's, like, not that great, really. It's, like, good. It's fine. But somehow, based on that, they keep throwing him all these properties. Like, he was even supposed to direct uh, Star Wars 9 originally. But then more recently, he made this movie called Book of Henry that was apparently so bad that Disney pulled out. Called National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> yeah. Which maybe we should do one of, for one of these episodes. That'd be good. So anyway, um, it's just kind of strange that uh, Colin Trevorrow has gotten all this like publicity and acclaim based on a sort of tenuous... Um, I don't know. A lot of people have written about this before, just the idea that if he were a woman or something, there's no way he would have gotten all these like huge career advancements. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to mention that um, before they made Jurassic World, they had actually been kicking around the idea of a sequel for like a really long time, almost 10 years or something, uh, between Jurassic Park 3 and, the, and Jurassic World. Uh, and I read some really wild ideas they had considered, uh, including one one time they were going to do a movie about, like, human-dinosaur hybrids. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. <laughs> so they had that idea, um, they had the idea of, like, maybe the dinosaurs just make it off the island, and then, like, uh, Jeff Goldblum or Sam Neill has to come back to, like, help them. Um... And then finally, uh, with the help of Steven Spielberg, he and he had some imagery that he wanted to include, which is where they got the idea of like training the Velociraptors and all that stuff. So I guess uh, essentially they got this Colin Trevorrow and uh, De um, Derek Connolly involved, and then they sort of took over. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so back to this film. <laughs> well, I just want to say about the the dinos in this movie how you mentioned the special effects changing right. quality i think the first one looked better because they just seemed more reptile like and this one suffered from like having too much cgi power mm. like they were literally having the indoraptor like smirking right it was like anthropomorphizing the dinosaurs way too much and i hated it oh yeah that was stupid uh but i think probably the idea was like it's even smarter than anything we've seen before it's even smarter than dominus rex or whatever yeah, it's a smirking kind of dino. That whole scene was really stupid, but let's talk about that when we get to it. Later, yeah. <laughs> oh, one thing that I did kind of like is that they did have a lot of scenes in this movie that were just, like, dinosaurs sort of living, just, like, hanging out. Not necessarily, like, doing anything. Uh, or even when they're just in the cages, it's just kind of nice just seeing them just, like, not in peril or not doing anything, just kind of, like, being there. Mm-hmm. They did use uh, practical effects for the scene where they have to get blood from the T-Rex. So that's actually a giant T-Rex puppet head that they're crawling around. And they also used, oh uh, for the Velociraptor Blue, they use uh, another puppet for that scene. Oh. So they at least used practical effects for those two things. But yeah, the rest is all like very heavily CGI. I also felt like maybe they put too many of their ideas in Jurassic World, maybe not even knowing if they would have a sequel, like another sequel that quickly. So in that one, I feel like they have a lot more like resonance with the original movie and uh, a lot more like callbacks, like the, what is it from South Park, the member berries or whatever. It's just like, remember this, remember this, remember this. Mm. Although in this movie, they do have the Jeep from the original movie you see at some point, like it's just like crashed, that fell, oh, fell well, down. Oh, that's what that was. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But of course, the reason they made a sequel is because the first one made $1.65 billion. So obviously they're going to do a sequel no matter what. But, uh, yeah. But the way this movie started is, like, really strange. Uh, I didn't even realize what was happening until I read the wiki. So you just see, like, it's nighttime, it's raining, and it's uh, the wreck of Jurassic World. And there's just this, like, crew of mercenaries who are trying to get something. And I realized that I ha- I didn't even know what it was they were getting until I read the wiki. Me neither. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. really unclear. And then they have it again at the end, and I didn't know what it was then. Yeah, so I think they could have used more, like, I don't know, underlining what they were doing. Because otherwise it's just, like, this unrelated scene of people on the park getting something, and then uh, they get chased by the T-Rex again. And uh, then the giant Mosasaurus, the, like, giant sea creature comes out and eats one of them. But I read that J.A. Boyena, his idea was to start it with, like, sort of a James Bond, like, unrelated action beat before you get into the main plot. So that's whatever, but already you're starting the film on a kind of weird note because you're like, what the hell's going on and why do I care? I mean, they should have just opened it with, like, softcore between Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, and that's the other weird thing is that uh, at the end of Jurassic World, it's heavily implied that. Um, so in that movie, they set Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard up as being coworkers, and they had maybe gone on a date or like had sex or something. But then in this one, suddenly uh, they hadn't been dating like after the after the last movie. So it has to be like she has to go recruit him again for some reason. Yes. Oh, yeah, and um, actually Justice Smith had my favorite line in the movie after she recruits um, Owen, Chris Pratt's character, and Systems Analyst characters just says, we're not compatible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I completely agree with this person. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, yeah, and you should mention uh, that they did actually give a Razzie to Justice Smith. Or, yeah, nomination for his for performance. The supporting actor, I think. Yeah. It's kind of weird because I didn't think his character or uh, the one played by Zia Rodriguez were bad exactly. It was just like the characters themselves were like underwhelming. They didn't really do that much. Right. I assume they were supposed to be like almost like the kid characters, but uh, yeah, it was just like underwritten. Yeah, they weren't, but it wasn't their fault. It was like the actors are fine. Yeah, exactly. So another problem I think this movie had is I read that Colin Trevorrow specifically wanted it to feel like um, like if he makes the next one, it'll be like an arc. So I think this one was all too focused on being uh, an in-between sequel, so we need to move things along but not like do that much. And for that reason, I felt like it felt really slight. And I also thought it was strange that they marketed it so heavily, like when you saw the trailers and stuff, like all you see is them on the island, stuff blowing up on the island. It's like it was very focused on the island, and then when you actually see the movie, like at about an hour into the movie, the island is gone, and then the rest of the movie, they're stuck in some stupid house. It didn't make any sense because they said they saved um, 11 species... And that didn't seem like a lot compared to how many there were on the island. But then, like, as the dinos get released into the mansion or whatever, it just seems like a lot more than 11 species, and they have a shit ton of them all of a sudden. It doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's probably, like, a, a error they made. Yeah, 
but the the pacing in general of this movie is all off. Like, so everyone, like, a lot of people saw Jurassic World, so if I were making this movie, I would just, like, start right away, like, not even have 30 minutes of build-up or whatever, and just have them on the island for most of the movie, because that would be, like, lots of cool imagery, just, like, them having to evade lava or things blowing up or, like, dinosaurs panicking. To make that the crux of the movie, and then maybe have the last 20 minutes or whatever be the stupid house auction. Be like the traitor. Oh, that it was a lie moment. Have that be later in the movie. Yeah, like the whole, I don't know, just the whole pacing of it is weird. Felt like they didn't know exactly what they were doing or something. Let's see. Um, uh, this does have a really good cast, though. They got... Um, Rafe Spall, who was in all the Edgar Wright movies, playing the bad guy, which was strange to me. Um, Toby Jones plays, like, um, this weird auctioneer with, like, fake teeth. They have Ted Levine, who, I don't know, this guy's, like, a chameleon or something. Uh, he plays the, like, Muldoon-type character. There's, like, a character like this in all the movies. He's, like, the mercenary badass. Um... He's like a chameleon, though, because he played, like, the terrifying Buffalo Bill character in Silence of the Lambs, and then he played, like, the bumbling boss in Monk, and then in this one he's, like, completely unrecognizable again. So I don't know, that guy's always, like, solid, but again, they give him barely anything to do in this movie, and then he dies, like, in a really stupid way. I honestly didn't even understand that he, I thought he was collecting teeth for DNA the entire movie, but he was just collecting them as trophies, I read. Right, exactly. And I think that was also a callback to The Lost World because uh, there's a character in that movie that's also like a badass mercenary and he's like trying to hunt the T-Rex. Uh, that's like his goal in the movie. He just like wants to hunt the most dangerous dinosaur. The most dangerous game is man. Not dinos. I think they were trying to reference that, maybe, but, again, it was just stupid. Um, so, yeah, the movie starts. They know that the island, Isla Nublar, is about to explode, basically. There's the giant uh, volcano just erupting. So all the dinosaurs are either going to be left to die, or they're going to try to save them. Uh, and then Bryce Dallas Howard's character, Claire Deering, uh, wants to save them. So she gets involved with, um, you find out that John Hammond had a partner that we never heard about, uh, Benjamin Lockwood, and he kind of helps her to figure out how he, they can go to the island and try to save, or at least she thinks they're going to save the dinosaurs. And then she recruits uh, Owen Grady, because for whatever reason they really want to, them to find Blue, uh, because he's one of the only trained dinosaurs in the world. And there's a whole arc in the first movie, in the first Jurassic World, where Blue is, like, in, just like um, Chris Pratt as Owen Grady is, like, interacting with Blue and trying to, I don't know, it's like a whole arc. It's like, uh, so he trained the Velociraptors from birth, and then at some point the Indominus Rex, like, talks to the Velociraptors and convinces them to turn on the humans. And then Chris Pratt manages Whoa. to like be the alpha again and like get Blue back to his side after the other after the other Velociraptors die. The alpha? Oh my god. Yeah, actually, that was one cool part in the first Jurassic World. It seemed like they took actual like animal training practices. Like uh, Chris Pratt has this little clicky thing he does, which I think they use right. to train lions and stuff. So that was actually kind of interesting. And of course, the scene where he uh, rides a motorcycle with the Velociraptors is uh, ridiculous in a good way. Anyway, they fast-track to the island. 
so it's supposed to be like some people i guess uh jeff goldblum's character wants all the dinos to die right correct the like error of messing with nature right and then um john hammond's character says that what did he oh he said these creatures don't need our protection they need our absence like he wants them to have a preserve Mm. of land and then the environmentalists just want to save them because they're animals oh sorry not john hammond benjamin lockwood i forgot that that guy's name was and then eventually you find out that the evil guy wants to sell them like auction them off as property yeah he just wants to profit since they exist and he can Oh, and that was the other dumb thing in Jurassic World. Uh, so you find out the, the subplot is that Vincent D'Onofrio wants to uh, sell like these train of velociraptors and the Indominus Rex to to other countries to like use them in combat and stuff. Oh my god, that was hilarious, the weaponizing dinosaurs explanation. Oh yeah. And then his rationale for it was just like, people do it all the time. Like, people <laughs> use horses in war and they... There, he had like some other examples throughout history, and I was like, "This is the most ridiculous thing to have dinosaurs battle." Right, and like trained lions, I think they mentioned, and it was really dumb oh, because yeah. the way they activate it is like they have a like laser pointer that you have to aim at somebody. But it's like if you are already aiming at somebody, why wouldn't you just shoot them? Yeah, that's true. Um. So yeah, in the first Jurassic World, you B.D. Wong comes back, he was in the first movie, um, and he comes back to help set up Jurassic World, but then you find out he has villainous intentions, and that's why he's in this movie again. What, and so his, and what are his intentions? He just wants to engineer the coolest, most weaponized dino or something? Or something? I think so, yeah, exactly. But I will say, like, the way they set up in the last movie, like, it sounded like they were going to have a much more interesting sequel, like, go even deeper into that thread, and it's just kind of, like, limp in this one. Like, they kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, he's only in there for, like, two seconds. Yeah, the way they build it up in the last one, it really seems like B.D. Wong is going to be, like, the big bad. Oh, interesting. Uh, So, yeah, anyway, they go to the island, uh, and they need the justice smith character to activate the tracker so they can find blue oh yeah but why was only claire's voice able to activate the whole park or whatever that's why they needed her oh she was like uh one of the like basically the second in command of the park when she worked there she was like the vp or something so basically she just has access to all the security systems okay so yeah i mean all this stuff is sort of contrivances to get them back to the island then meanwhile, Owen Grady has to go find the uh, Velociraptor Blue with the other mercenaries. But then as soon as they find Blue, they, like, shoot him with a tranquilizer dart and, like, shoot Blue yeah, accidentally. Yeah, there's a lot of um, tranquilizer tropes <laughs> or, like, tranquilizer darts in this uh, movie. That was maybe one of the only scenes I enjoyed, though, when uh, Chris Pratt has to, like, slowly inch away from the lava flow. Uh, that was mm, good physical comedy, at least. As he's waking up. Yeah. One thing I thought was weird. Oh, yeah. So while he's um, starting to get up or whatever, there's like other dinosaurs coming through and like investigating him. Right. And one of them, sometimes they're like surrounded by flies. And I'm like, would dinosaurs stink and be surrounded by flies? I didn't really understand. I'm like, they're not pigs. Hmm. Yeah, that is strange. I thought it was a strange effect choice. Oh, and there's also another throwaway line in Jurassic World where they sort of explain why the dinosaurs don't look more like now we know them to be, like why they're not covered in feathers and stuff. Uh, someone just said something like, well, we want to make them how people thought they should look. 
like not how they actually were. Or they say something about like where well we used amphibious DNA, so maybe they didn't turn out quite how they should have looked. Uh, okay. So that's their explanation. But I always thought it would have been more terrifying if they had uh, changed it to make them have like feathers and stuff. Like imagine like a feathery velociraptor coming at you. Yeah, like a bird reptile. And obviously they couldn't fix this, but I do also hate that. Um, so they always use velociraptor, but really a velociraptor is probably like would come up to a midsection on a person. When really they want to say it's a Utah raptor, like that's the actual thing that would have been what they say is a velociraptor. Oh, yes. Basically, while Owen is like trying to escape the lava, Claire and um, Franklin are in some bunker trying to find more information. And meanwhile, lava's dripping in. And that was another uh, cool image. You just see like down this tunnel and there's this like new dinosaur that you see in flashes as the lava's passing by. But then it's just like a ridiculous scene where they have to like get out through the hatch as the dinosaur starts menacing towards them and getting hit by lava and somehow not dying instantly. Yeah, I thought that was ridiculous because I was like, the lava would be a deterrent for any sort of predator attacking prey. Like, I'm pretty sure the dinosaur would have just wanted to get out of there. Plus it's like 500 or 700 degrees Fahrenheit, so I'm pretty sure it would just like instantly kill you if any lava touched you. Oh yeah, if any touched you. Yeah, that's true. It drips on you. That was also stupid about Revenge of the Sith, but obviously that one wasn't based on any reality. Well, I have the higher ground. <laughs> And that's what they had to get in the dinosaur scene. Oh, true. Like, even being near lava, you'd probably just burst into flames because of how hot it is. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, then there's a pretty good action beat where all the main characters are just running down as all the dinosaurs are also, like, running past them, trying to escape the fucking lava. Uh, and they find one of the, like, balls from the first movie. Um, so instead of driving out in jeeps, they have these, like, little pods that the kids are driving around in. So they jump in that, but then Chris Pratt can't get in for some reason, so he's, like, running alongside them as the ball is going towards a cliff. It's because they got attacked by dinos, and then another dino comes along and eats the smaller one. Oh, yeah. Like, which is ridiculous, too. I also love, so in Jurassic World, there's this whole thing about the original T-Rex. Like, the original T-Rex is featured prominently throughout that one, and then I think even in this one, they, like, capture it again. It's like, we love this yeah, fucking T-Rex. <laughs> we love this fucking T-Rex. Yeah, everyone loves the T-Rex. I don't know, kind of funny. Like, it's not like it was in t it's not like it was in The Lost World or anything. Like, that was just some random T-Rexes in that one. Oh, okay. As far as I know. <laughs> so, yeah, then they, like, fall in the water, and Chris Pratt has to, like, engineer a way to break them out of the glass by, like, using a gun and then a knife. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, shooting the glass underwater. Yeah, and then they get out, and uh, they make it to the dock, and they have to, like, somehow drive a jeep onto the ship without anyone realizing that mm. they're not meant to be there. So they kind of disguise mm. themselves. Uh, Claire puts on a... A John Deere brand hat. And then she's, like, gazing out with, like, uh, tears in her eyes as she watches all the dinosaurs that are left on the island die. I did say with underneath her John Deere hat. I would say that was an effective scene too, though. Uh, when you see the, I don't even know what it is. It's like Brontosaurus. Yeah, the distant bellowing of the dying Brontosaurus. I would say I felt sad on that scene. That was effective for me, at least. Yeah, I felt bad for them. Because you see, it's it's like uh, you can tell that if you saw the behind-the-scenes, like, paintings or whatever, conceptual art of these 
scenes. I feel like they probably had some pretty strong imagery that they painted, but the actual plot is so asinine and stupid that you're like, who cares? <laughs> so then uh, they're on the ship for a little bit, and they have to do some antics because Blue has been shot with a gun, and they need uh, compatible blood, which of course means the T-Rex for some reason. Yeah, there. I don't know about the medical oh, yeah. um, expertise in this movie. <laughs> like she, um, yeah, the like veterinarian takes the bullet out, and she's just like, she's gonna be okay. Like as soon as she gets the bullet out, she just knows. <laughs> I guess that she's gonna be okay. Right. Um. So yeah, basically, Claire and Owen have to sneak into the T Rex um pin and get some blood from it with a giant syringe. And then as they're doing that, some, like, mercenaries walk by and lock them in so it can be more antics. Oh, yep. And she has to climb up the top. And then midway through, the T-Rex wakes up, so it's, like, thrashing its head around, and Owen has to, like, jump out heroically. He jumps, like, through its cl- uh, jaws. It was kind of, like, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, he would obviously die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, the explanation for why they went to the T-Rex was because um, for the blood they needed carnivores with two or three fingers, no more than three. Oh, right. And I was like, wow, that qualifies you <laughs> to donate blood to the Velociraptor. <laughs> not not to mention blood types or anything like that, but okay. Makes sense. <laughs> Let's see, uh, oh, and throughout these scenes, you're also getting some brief flashes of the Lockwood Estate, which is this giant, like, mansion, almost like, it reminded me of Resident Evil or something, or like one of these old horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you learn more about this uh, evil guy, I don't even remember his name is, Eli Webb. Yeah, so you learn Eli Webb is kind of a jerk, because at one scene he, like, um, so Lockwood has uh, a granddaughter who's running around being uh, 13 or whatever. <laughs> Isn't she, like, seven? I don't know. Oh, maybe. Well, this is preteen granddaughter. I don't know. Oh, and her name's Maisie. Okay, so yeah, he has this granddaughter named Maisie who's, like, oh, running around nine. being a girl. And at one point, uh, Eli yells at her, so that's how you know he's evil. Yep. He's like, get out of here. But it's also kind of funny because if you read the original Jurassic Park novel, John Hammond's actually a jerk as well. Like, he hates his grandkids, and he's just, like, constantly shouting at people, and he dies a horrible death because he's supposed to be, like, a bad guy. And then, of course, in the Spielberg movie, they had to make him this, like, cuddly, like, uh, whimsical, uh, absent-minded <laughs> philanthropist or whatever. Oh. They had to Spielberg it up. I was wondering... Are these movies, like, slasher flicks because the bad people get punished? Yeah, they definitely are. Um, you can definitely see in the first movie, like, if you don't love, if you don't show love, then you die. Mm-hmm. Like, so Sam Neill and Laura Dern, like, are the, become, like, the parents almost of these two kids. And then uh, Hammond loves them. And then meanwhile, all the other side characters are expendable because they don't love. <laughs> Yeah, if you have greed or hubris or whatever your sin is, yeah, you're gonna go. <laughs> exactly. Except for Muldoon. He was fine. <laughs> yeah, so Maisie is like... Uh, she's like investigating. She's supposed, his daughter died and so she doesn't have a mom and it kind of seems like her existence in this house being raised by the like assistant or something is like pretty sad oh yeah there's like this weird old lady who's just like there she like has no role really except to be creepy she, except to scold her except to scold Maisie. yeah 
so then uh, Maisie finds out more about the underlying plot as the rest of the stuff is going on. And she breaks into, like, the secret lab and sees that they're, like, planning on uh, actually exploiting these dinosaurs. Maybe stealing their DNA or, like, selling them on a black market. Right. So that's all going on. Eventually the boat lands and then they ship all the dinosaurs out. Which, by the way, I still think it would be really hard to engineer, like, capturing all the dinosaurs and loading them onto a boat. Yes. They have a lot of, like, just dinos hanging in the air off of helicopters, like, <laughs> precariously suspended. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I felt bad. Like, they kind of did this in The Lost World, where they were just transporting, like, one T-Rex, and then, of course, it breaks loose halfway through and, like, is rampaging through downtown San Diego. <laughs> oh, my God. And you're like, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, so you find out that... Toby Jones is going to help uh, Eli do a black market auction to the highest bidder from all these people from, like, um, you know, terrorist countries and all that. Yep. Dinos to the highest bidder. Yeah. So they have this whole ridiculous, almost like a runway scene where they bring out, like, each dinosaur one after the other and just, like, auction them off. Okay. But this is my question that I realized in this part of the movie. Wouldn't there just be a market for finding amber with DNA or, like, preserved frozen DNA of, like, woolly mammoths and stuff for using this technology on, not just buying the live dinos? That's a good point. And, yeah, why wouldn't they just sell the DNA, like, blueprints? It'd almost be like um, Mm -hmm. 3D printing or whatever. Yeah, if you just had... The DNA is the valuable thing that he found in Amber. Right. Like, uh, anyways, yeah. <laughs> no, that is the ridiculous. And then you do wonder, like, why isn't there more applications for the cloning until you find out the end that there is this, like, ridiculous twist. Like, throughout the movie, yeah. Maisie keeps looking at this, like, trying to find this book, like, trying to look at it. And at the end, she does and finds out that twist. She's the clone of her mom who died in a car accident or something. Right. Or that she never had a mom and she's just a clone, I guess I should say. Oh, so I guess they lied and said that they were transporting the dinosaurs to a different island, but really they were just, like, going to auction them the whole time. Oh, I didn't even catch that little detail. Yeah, so I guess originally they they had said that they were going to, like, have a new island. And I missed the detail that the reason this uh, James Cromwell... Oh, Lockwood in like Hammond had a dispute over the use of cloning on humans and Hammond wouldn't use it on humans or something like that. Right. And of course in the real world, uh, human cloning is illegal, like entirely. Right. Yeah. Maisie should not exist. <laughs> the next movie should have nothing to do with dinosaurs and just be like a three hour, like uh, Senate session where they're like grilling Maisie and Lockwood and Eli. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what were you thinking right? cloning humans? And it's just like about human cloning and has nothing to do with dinosaurs. Yeah. be hilarious well yeah because they kind of imply keep implying that like it's an unnatural thing that they did bringing the dinosaurs into existence or that was like jeff goldblum's perspective um and there's punishment for that like people die from the by the dino's teeth or whatever but what about Maisie? like none of them get punished or anything for like cloning a human right Oh, and that reminds me, the most interesting thing in this movie, which they kind of teased again in the trailers, like, falsely, is that at the end of the movie, the dinosaurs are literally just on the mainland. Like, they're just loose, running around. 
Yeah. Like, based on the trailers, they had the scene of, like, a bunch of surfers and then the giant sea dinosaurs, like, gonna eat them. Yeah, is this just Northern California, I think? Because that's where the mansion was, and they all get out from there. Exactly. So, in my opinion, they should have just, like, not even had any of the stupid auction stuff, and it should have just been, like, suddenly the dinosaurs are loose, and maybe the most of the plot is them, like, dealing with this new reality where dinosaurs oh. just live with humans. Yeah, they could have had longer on the island and then also just had less time auctioning and then just have them be out in, like, San Francisco. Because that's actually an interesting and, like, relatively new idea, like, as opposed to these other movies, which are just, like, retreads of they're on the island again, there's dinosaurs, they're on the island again, there's dinosaurs, they're on the island again, there's dinosaurs. Like, that would have been at least something new. But I will say one thing I liked about Aquaman was all the ocean animals. So I think if they went even harder on too many dinosaurs it would be good it would like turn it around 180 to being a agreed that's true in aquaman they actually do a really good job of doing like so much content so much character design <laughs> yes so yeah what even happens they have the ridiculous runway and then like meanwhile chris pratt and claire are using the uh dome dinosaur to like bash the wall to bash the cage yeah, in. it's like a dinosaur fashion show. No, oh yeah, because they're juxtaposing the head-butting dinosaur with the gavel of the auctioneer. Oh yeah. Which I guess uh, Claire and Owen got discovered and put into a cage. Right. Yeah, so then as the Indoraptor, which is like even fancier than the Indominus Rex, is like being put up for auction, that's when Owen releases the head-butting dinosaur into the crowd, I think. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was uh, Ted Levine discovers him in a truck. The Apparently he's named Wheatley. So he finds him and puts him in a cage. Oh. And yeah, they break out and chaos erupts. Although, it's kind of funny that everyone was like freaking out so much. Like they could have just like moved and then like tried to calm I the know. dinosaur down. They're all like, oh my god. Like they act like a raptor has gotten loose or something. Right. So everyone's just, like, streaming out, like, running away, and then, meanwhile, Wheatley, at that moment, decides, oh, hey, maybe I should get back to my weird fetishistic uh, teeth collection, Jones. <laughs> right at that moment. <laughs> yeah, so he stupidly opens the cage to the Indoraptor. Oh, yeah, did we even mention they made a new dinosaur, the Indoraptor? Well, yeah, yeah, I think I said it was, so it's from the Indominus Rex DNA, I guess. Yeah, it's like the Indominus Rex, but even smaller, which I guess is better somehow. <laughs> Even more raptor-like. Yeah, yeah, and apparently it's just completely resistant to, um, like, anesthetic, because he tries to shoot it with the tranquilizer turn. Right. And it's not actually asleep. So, like, if we look at it, in the first Jurassic Park, it's just chaos because a bunch of dinosaurs are getting loose, but in Jurassic World, basically, the Indominus Rex is, like, the biggest, baddest thing of all time, and it just, like, is fucking everything up, and then also lets other dinosaurs loose. And then meanwhile, in this one, you don't even know what the hazard is until, like, an hour and 30 minutes into the movie when they introduce the Indoraptor, which is just kind of, like, a silly-looking, like, thing. It's all, like, white and black and stuff. Yeah, that's the main antagonist, because the other dinosaurs, they can kind of, like, get away from. And I'll also say, like, if they leaned even harder into the horror or gore, they could just make, like, an R-rated version of this movie. And even that would be something new, at least, instead of just, like, implied gore or whatever. So yeah, Wheatley is trying to get a tooth out, and meanwhile the Indoraptor is pretending to be passed out, even though he got shot with a tranquilizer dart, so why the hell wouldn't he be passed out? And then, like, yeah. as he's doing it, uh, the raptor wakes up and, like, bites his arm off, which is kind of a creepy image. 
Oh, yeah, that was kind of gross, I guess. But, yeah, that was, he was trying to pull its tooth out. He couldn't even get it out because it's so strong. Because he, like, picks up the guy by the arm, and then the arm just, like, rips off. So it just, like, falls. Let's see. So the Indoraptor gets out of the cage, and then he's running after Toby Jones and some random stragglers, and they get into an elevator, so they're like, oh, we're safe. And then for no reason, the elevator opens again. I guess the dinosaur pressed the button. <laughs> I think it, like, sh- uh, something happened. It, like, short-circuited or something. Like oh, right. So then they, like, are eaten as well, and we can feel good about that, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, the people who came to buy, like, the rich people. It's like eating the rich, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is really a poignant <laughs> Marxist commentary. Yes, exactly. The Indoraptor represents all of us, is the revolution. And I also realize in all these movies, there's always like a human villain, but he dies before the dinosaur villain is revealed and then also dies. <laughs> so like in this case, uh, I don't even remember. Do you remember how Eli dies? He just like is under hiding under a oh, car. Oh no, that's at the end with the um, T-Rex, right? He gets eaten by a T-Rex? It's like um, the hydrogen cyanide is filling up the room. Maisie lets out all the dinosaurs. And then, yeah, I think a T-Rex stomps on the Indominus Rex bone and then eats him, eats Eli. I think that was also a callback to the Lost World because it's like two T-Rexes and they like rip him apart, which is another image from Lost World. Uh, Seen like that in that one. Yeah, so basically, uh, as this is going on, somehow uh, the canisters get disrupted, so all the other dinosaurs are in uh, danger of uh, getting suffocated, basically. Yeah, oh, and there's a moment where the Indoraptor seems kind of like the Slender Man, because <laughs> it's, like, haunting Maisie in her room, and it, like, takes its little fingernail and, like, gets really close to her. <laughs> it's so creepy. It's like a little monster movie, in like, short film inside this movie. Yeah, it's very strange, and that was one of the images they had in the trailer, and when I watched the trailer, it's like, what, how is that possibly going to happen, like, when you notice the dinosaur? When you just eat the child immediately, like... But then, like, even in the movie, the setup makes no sense. It's like Maisie randomly decides to run to her room and, like, hide under the covers. Like, that would make any sense? Yeah, I was like, why is she hiding there? So basically, uh, after this whole auction, everyone gets killed, uh, it's like Claire and Owen and Maisie... They meet up, and they're like, oh, come with us, you'll be safe. Uh, so it's just like the Endoraptor's, like, hunting them through this weird haunted mansion with, like, a random museum to dinosaurs in it. Yep. They're destroying a lot of dinosaur bones. It's, like, pretty clear that they're trying to take the ending of Jurassic Park, where it's, like, the two kids are trying to outs- outsmart and escape the raptors, and they're trying to make that into a thing in this one. But whereas in that movie, it was, like, relatively brief and really effective... And this one is just kind of, like, stupid, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Why is this happening? (laughs) They're, like, getting away when they're, like, two feet from this, like, Indoraptor that could just leap upon them. And I'm like, there's no way they can outrun this and, like, get up the stairs and all the... It was just a ridiculous, like, extended chase scene. But I did really, like, um, in the battle... They end up on the roof, and the Indoraptor is, like, beautiful. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Overlooking its dominion against the full moon and being like... It's like a fucking werewolf of London or something. It's like... It's beautiful. (laughs) I'm, like, cheering for the Indoraptor to eat Chris Pratt. (laughs) Right, so they're obviously trying to take some, like, gothic imagery and stuff. And maybe if they had leaned even harder into that, and, like, maybe this movie would have been, like, really simple... 
like somehow they make this new dinosaur in this mansion and maybe the movie is just like this dinosaur in this mansion like the whole movie is that yeah it's like there's something wrong in the gothic mansion oh wait it's an indoraptor <laughs> yeah like again it would have been like a resident evil type thing where there's this like mutated thing that's hunting them through the mansion so even that would have worked a little bit harder, but then, then just trying to jam, like, one hour is, like, a disaster film that they're on the islands burning and blowing up, and then the other hour is, like, this completely different genre. It's just, like, uh, it's like whiplash, jolting. Makes no sense. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's like a lot of the movie feels like wheel spinning, and then a lot of the stuff you'd want them to linger on, like, happens in a flash, and you're just, like, left completely unsatisfied. <laughs> oh, Another thing I read is that, uh, like, the whole ending is just, like, a lot of antics of, like, oh, how are they going to, like, fool the, in the Indoraptor? How are they going to, like, escape this thing they're pinned under? Um, but I did read that the original Jurassic World was co-written by these two other people who didn't write this one at all. And I'm kind of like, they must have had all the really good ideas for Jurassic World. Oh, no, they ran out of the good idea people. <laughs> yeah, and apparently they had to go through, like, arbitration to get credit for a story for that one. So I'm just like, they just didn't even bother wow. for this one. Yeah, they were driven away. But it's always the it's always the problem they have when they're making sequels. It's like you have years and years and years to build up the first one. And then you have to, like, sort of throw together a sequel because the first one made so much money. And you have to have, like, all this lead time so they can make the CGI and stuff. So you just, like, rush and throw something together that's not even good. Which, I'm always like, how do they make those Marvel movies, like, the quality pretty high when they're doing the same thing? Like, kind of, they just have to rush from one thing to the next. Just hire a lot more people. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so I just want to say I kind of agreed with the Eli bad guy who was telling... Um, Owen and Claire, like, well, Claire, you authorized the creation of the Indominus, True. Indominus Rex. And Owen was training predators, like, basically making them more palatable to, like, more amenable to people. Mm -hmm. So they were both part of this kind of, like, SeaWorld-esque park that was profiting off of the backs of dinosaurs. That's true. So I don't really like them either. Yeah, they should have gotten it worse of all. Yes. It's also kind of strange because, like I said, in Jurassic World, there was these, like, two boys that they, like, it was the same thing in Jurassic, as in Jurassic Park, where it was almost like they were the, like, parents' figures. And I guess it's the, the kind of we're trying to do with Maisie, but I'm kind of like, why weren't those characters, like, referenced or featured or, like, at any point seen at all in this movie? It's kind of strange. They're just, like, completely left out. Oh. I didn't, yeah, I guess so. I didn't notice since I didn't see that other one. But it's also weird, um, like, if you watch the first one, the way that uh, Owen and Claire act is almost completely different than they act in this movie. Like, it's almost like they're playing two different characters, but with the same actors. It's really strange. I don't know quite how to explain oh, it. Oh, wow. Okay. And I did, like, uh, they show several times some footage of Owen raising the little baby velociraptors, and that was pretty cute. I guess that was kind of cute, yeah. And Blue, the the Velociraptor, was pretty cute. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, she saves them from the Indoraptor, I guess. Yeah, so they're on the roof, and, and Blue's just, like, taking out the Indoraptor. <laughs> like a badass. And at, yeah, like, through the ceiling. <laughs> and at the end, Owen's like, come with me, and Blue's like, I can't. And then, like, runs off into the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it should have been more like one of those scenes where Owen's, like, trying to get the animal to leave. He's like, I don't even want you anymore. Get out of here. <laughs> like, throws oh, yeah, a rock. Like, Blue looks at, like, a cage. Oh, yeah. She... 
you gotta leave. Blue Thug Murder! Uh, free Willy or whatever. Get out of yeah. here, Blue. I don't want you anymore. <laughs> oh, no. No, it was like Blue realized that she would have to be caged, so she ran off. Yeah. And then that's like interspersed with Jeff Goldblum giving like the meaningless monologue about welcome to jurassic world where like oh, yeah. and dinos have to coexist which they did kind of blow using that as the title for the next one like that would have been a great title for the oh for yeah the sequel, jurassic the... world <laughs> well fallen kingdom sounds like a really cool like fantasy movie but i don't know what that had anything to do with like this movie <laughs> i think they just wanted to reference the lost world because uh, it almost sounds like the same thing, like a lost world, a fallen kingdom. It's almost similar. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what this has to do with anything. Like, they could have just called it, um... I don't know. Island gets fucking destroyed. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, Jurassic World, welcome to Jurassic World. Dinosaurs <laughs> off the hook. Dinosaurs off the chain. <laughs> Extreme dinosaur action. Oh, I love the line when Maisie decides to release them, because Claire's just gonna, like, selfishly let them die. Uh, after all this film, like, being yeah, like, I no, love dinosaurs. Yeah. And then Maisie's like, I can't, they're like me. And she has a stupid British accent. <laughs> yeah, they're alive like me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't really agree, um, with animal, like, welfareists or whatever that would keep, like, breeding them. I mean, I think that we'd be obligated to, like, help the di the current dinos have a nice end of life. But I don't know, also, they would be a big danger to every other animal and human out in the world, so we probably shouldn't just le let them go. Oh, yeah, it's just like whenever you introduce any new species and then it just, like, completely right. takes over. Oh, invasive? Yeah, it's like invasive species. Oh, and then at the end, Wu, the BD Wong character, just, like, runs off again, twiddling his mustache. And it's just like, how long are they going to keep teasing this character to have, like, a more interesting plot? Oh, yeah. Because the um, Indoraptor was only a prototype, so they are definitely building it up. Like, how many more times are they going to, like, bring back B.D. Wong? And also, it's ironic because in the book version, Wu dies in the first book. Like, he gets his stomach ripped oh. open. <laughs> yeah, the book's also a lot more violent. Yeah, and then just the end is, like, they show Blue standing over, like, a regular old suburb. Oh, wait, so he was in... The, so he's another crossover BD Wong. And, oh, oh yeah yeah. Jeff Goldblum. He was in the original Jurassic Park, but in that one he was just like a neutral seeming scientist who's just like I uh, he helped clone these dinosaurs. And I think he just escapes okay. before all the chaos happens, so he's not even in the rest of the movie. Right, okay. So yeah, he was good in Jurassic World, but then I think they just really dropped the ball in this one and it's just like what the hell is he doing? Yes. Uh I don't know. I I'm still angry about this movie. So, like I said, I enjoyed Jurassic World, and if they could have made, like, a decent-ish movie, it would have been good. Instead of being, like, a really bad one. Womp womp. Yeah. But also, I don't really have, um, I don't, like, feel compassion towards them or anything, because obviously it's just some soulless, heartless, uh, mega blockbuster oh, movie. Oh, yeah, they make a, over a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, it's still, they did fine. <laughs> and they're obviously gonna make another yeah. one again. Yeah. What do you think, like, the overall message of this movie is? Uh, maybe just let the dinosaurs die? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it's like, if you love someone, let them go. <laughs> 
like they should stop uh making new dinosaurs because just because they thought dinosaurs would be cool like they brought them into existence it's like no you shouldn't do that and like that guy needed to learn like don't bring your don't clone your daughter like yes it's sad she passed away but you shouldn't keep cloning her it's weird because there are individual scenes in this movie mostly the stuff with the lava and the island getting destroyed that are pretty strong but then the overall movie is just like blech like, I really hate Lost World 2, and that one was even directed by Spielberg, but this one just made me angry. Mm? A visceral reaction. Yeah. I don't know, it's almost like they were insulting the audience or something, being like, well, you guys are idiots, so you'll accept whatever we put in front of you. And I guess it worked. <laughs> as long as we have dinos eating bad guys, you'll be happy. I'd almost like to see uh, James Wan, who did Aquaman, direct the next one or something. Like, I think he'd make a really good one. Well, there could be some good humor in these. So I don't know what the overall message is. Um, just seems like they're Clear saying... Synthesis. Yeah, it just seems like they're saying, uh, again, that nature can't be controlled and it's always going to get loose and be chaotic, just like the first movie. They probably said everything they wanted to say in the first movie, and then they just kept pumping out more sequels because of money. Yeah. And I guess Maisie got loose from the mansion because they're going to take her now. Oh, yeah. Their wing. Is it that, also, how would that work legally? Because they wouldn't be able to be her guardians all of a sudden. That's kind of weird. Oh, I actually read that uh, they took a bunch of stuff out of this movie where they were also, again, teasing the whole human-clone hybrid, human-dinosaur-clone hybrid. Like, I think that was originally going to be the third act. And then they were like, that's too stupid. Let's just make another dinosaur. God, it's like, kill me. What am I? What have you done to me? It's like Rampage or something at that point. Yeah, so it's, I think this whole movie suffers because it's not focused enough. Like, in each scene to scene, you're not sure what exactly you're supposed to be feeling, like what characters you're supposed to be rooting for, except obviously uh, Claire and Owen since they're like the main characters, but... Who even cares? Like at a certain point, um, Justice Smith and Zia just disappear from the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Michael Crichton wouldn't be pleased by this movie because it's both like overreaching in certain ways and then underreaching in lots of other ways, and then just like sort of flat tone. So, like the reason I was really looking forward to this again, I was saying at the beginning is because Jay Bayona directed The Orphanage, which I, for my money, is one of the scariest. Like stays with you horror films I've ever seen so I thought he would have made a really strong movie but then it just ends up being flat anyway I hope this movie doesn't win any awards for anything (laughs) there's even like I'm sure there was more stuff they could have taken from the original Jurassic Park and Lost World novels that they didn't have in the movies that they could have brought into this I don't know I think they're just trying to get blood out of a stone at this point like there's nothing more you can really do with this premise Like, you can even see HBO has a lot of success with Westworld, but that one has, like, a tightly focused plot that that the creators seem to know that they're trying to say something over a long period. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, these movies, they have to have the same formula every time. Like you were saying, there has to be a mercenary character. There has to be, like, this bad guy. It's kind of, it's very similar, actually, to how Disney's trying to, like, uh, or tried to really... um, generalized Star Wars films and then make all these like side movies and stuff but then public sort of revolted and was like fuck that oh yeah they were trying to crank them out even more frequently yeah so I think that's probably what they were trying to do with this movie like 
make it into a universe or some shit. Right. Oh, and then Zia was originally supposed to be a lesbian, but they took all those references out, so fuck that, too. Oh, no. That would have made it 500,000 bajillion times better. I don't know why they keep doing that. Like, in Thor Ragnarok, uh, Valkyrie character was also supposed to be a lesbian. It's pretty clear in the Finnish movie, too, but for some reason they took out the explicit references. I guess because of all these uh, incel people or whatever. It's women hating mm-hmm. men. The only reason I would watch any of these movies is to look at how cute the dinosaurs are. And this one didn't even have that many dinos after halfway through. Yeah, I mean, that was the cute part about Jurassic World. Like, the first part of the movie, like, nothing bad is happening. So you're just seeing, like, kids hanging out with, like, these baby stegosauruses and stuff and triceratops. There's some cute imagery there. I don't know. They probably should have just made, like, Jurassic World and then thrown everything into a sequel and then just, like, closed the book on this whole series. Instead of making, like, sort of a wheel spinning, like, in between, like, not really going to fully commit sequel. Like, setting up a third movie. Alright, well, I hope they massively uh, shake something up if they make another one, which they are going to. Because otherwise, ugh. Not a fan. (laughs) All right, well, I guess that's going to do it for uh, episode 20 of Cinemazing Chats. Yes. All right, good chatting with you. All right, you too.